Welcome to This Week on Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkalo. We are going to talk about the big stories of the week, the first week of August, 2022, as they've appeared at thisiscommonsense.org. So, Paul, what's the biggest story? The big story this last week, I think, was Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan. And... um, and I know that was my big story. It was a story that, you know, I was like anxious for news. What's happening? Has she touched down? What's China going to do? Um, you know, I, I've been on a tear for the last three years, really, uh, that that this is where our future could be decided across the Taiwan Strait. And, and I think we have galloping totalitarianism and unfortunately, we have a a uh, and and it's reflected in this week's scripts. I think we have a, a a world superpower. I've always hated that term. I think it's BS. I don't think there are any superpowers, um, but we have this world power that is fighting its own shadow, and uh, in a in a kind of broader sense. Uh, between racist anti-racism and and hate whitey and hate this person and and uh, and just a society that you know uh, it's not in a recession even though the economy's collapsing but we can't find anybody to work. What happened to these people? You know, it's just business after business. We've got uh, oh, there's plenty of jobs. Yeah, there are. What happened to the people? Uh, because there don't seem to be people, you know, taking those jobs, and and it's a mess. And we've got supply lines that go through a power that, you know, as we mentioned on Monday in in fight or flight about what you know, basically just saying that the United States either has to be strong in in Asia, working with Japan and Taiwan and Australia and different things, or or China's going to insist that we get the hell out of there, and. Um, and, you know, it, it seems to me that American people ought to start paying some attention to this. Um, China is sort of at war with us. And and it's kind of like that old statement that I'm not interested in politics. Well, politics is interested in you. And we get a lot of our computer chips, other things from Taiwan, Japan, pretty large economy, number three in the world. And uh, these these are at risk. Uh, and and it seems that that in the White House, Biden, you know, and, and I'm not I'm glad to see Congress playing some role in foreign policy. But Biden speaks to this in a way that it's kind of sounds like, as we've talked you know, the week before at, at this is common sense.org, uh, talking about Biden's, you know, statements that the military doesn't think it's a good time, which just seemed beyond weak. And then he followed that up with, but I have, I'm not really in the loop or something. I'm not really up on it. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. He didn't say I'm confused. I have to admit that. But, but that's kind of what his statement was. And since then, you've seen probably in, in many newspapers, on TV maybe, all the all the areas around Taiwan, kind of like it has a blockade, doing military drills and firing live missiles and 
planes having to be rerouted and ships and ports and and that that's not okay and then what was taiwan supposed to shoot her down and and japan in japanese waters in their zone they're saying that there were chinese missiles coming in this is this is serious serious stuff and the us has made many pledges from a diplomatic standpoint this is, as we quoted someone last week, this is real people's lives. And and we have to we have to decide whether we're going to kind of play this footsie game that we've played in with Taiwan and and in Asia and with China. China is a bad actor. And I don't mean there's a bad level of corruption. There is. Or, gee, sometimes you can't trust them. They're totalitarians. They are involved in the genocide. It is not their first. This is a, a problem. And we have to recognize that. And that's, you know, this this whole week, I also am thinking about, you know, the aftermath. There's all kinds of uh, goods that won't cross borders now with China. Um uh, but they're mainly Taiwanese goods. They're not U.S. goods as much. But but uh, they did announce, and I have to admit, I have not read the article. I just saw the headline, and I did I did clip it to where I'll be able to read it later. But it was the article about that China's not having anything to do with us on climate change. Basically, all the the heavy lifting that China was doing on climate change, they're not going to be doing it with us. And uh, which is a joke because China has not been leading on climate change and is not likely to be leading. So I, I found that kind of funny. But we we uh, there was a there was an article in the National Interest, and I read this after I'd written the thing on on uh, for Monday. But uh, where they sort of made the point that I've been trying to make, which is we've been warned. China has warned us. You know, it's kind of like the, the criminal who says, don't come back into my part of town again. And th they are doing that. And we should take that warning and take it however you want to take it. But don't ignore it. It's really clear on the climate change stuff. I mean, what we're worried about ostensibly is uh, CO2 and methane. But uh, mainly just, you know, greenhouse gases. That's the official main bugaboo of people that are in our country and in the West generally. It's not in China's interest or any developing country's interest to cut down on carbon emissions. That's just not in their interest because that will materially hurt them in a big way. It also, when we do it, as the Biden administration is actually enacting, it's hurting us too. And it's going to hurt us in a huge way. And it already has with higher gas prices, and it's going to hurt the poor the most. That's the thing about all this stuff. It's going to hurt the poor the most. And China is not going to go with the program. And I believe that all along, China has been subsidizing the idea of climate change to weaken the West. It's, a, it's an idea that the Westerners have in their head that they're to blame for everything. Right. That's an idea. That's, that's an idea. They, they, they believe it. Oh, yes. this, this is what leftists believe. And uh, so China, which is, you know, comes from a communist background and has a deep, deep 
understanding of propaganda and psychological operations. I believe they've been pushing this all along, and the Democratic Party especially, but almost everyone who's in the dominant paradigm of the West, statist, heavily statist, post-Christian, they believe that they are to blame and they must make recompense. This is their religious idea, and China's been pushing it so that we destroy ourselves and they get ahead. I can't prove that, but I believe it's happening. I think there's a lot of evidence for it. And I think it's just going to be a huge problem going forward because it's part of the left's general caving into communist subversion. Since the time I was in college, and that was a, that was decades ago, all my professors were communist, socialist, Marxist, whatever. And, and uh, you know, especially in political science and stuff like that, but generally in everything. And and it's only worse now. And, and and so the West does have this. We hate ourselves because we have a, a lot of professors that hate the West that teach, you know, people. And and it's you know, it, it is a problem. And China's not dumb. They study their enemy. So my point here is I would hope that this massive military that we have paid so much money for would show up at the one place where I think freedom and democracy is likely to be attacked by totalitarianism, and that's the Taiwan Strait. But whatever you think the solution is to the problem, I guess my my message is there's a problem. They are at war with us. They, you know, we we, we can't just kind of, what, what is it that, it's, it's like uh, last week's script, where we talked about, uh, I think it's Johnny Miller. Uh, hopefully, I got his name right. But but the guy uh, it could be Harris. I don't know. But uh, uh, who who did the video and talked about? He hoped that we, like this great collective, we would have the ability to you know find peaceful solutions to our problems as if we just need to study this problem a little bit more the problem is that some people want to take over other people by force if necessary it's not a new problem it's an age-old problem and all this kind of new age thinking about it is incredibly unhelpful and unhealthy because if there's going to be a war there's only really two parts you want to play. You want to play the part of the person who didn't go to the theater to see the play at all, uh, or the winner of the war. Those are the only two roles that you really want to play. And, and that's, that's a choice that our political leaders can, can be mainly mouthed about forever, can talk and tough. And the question is, is there anything behind that? And of course, what's behind that is us, not me, because I'm I'm older. You're not going, um, and and we have at least at the moment an all volunteer military. So we'd be only people who chose to be involved. I suspect they might like the this mission more than others, but it's it is not going to be solved without us playing a part. And hopefully, that part is a deterrent that stops anything from happening. But but we're never kind of engaged to think about it. We are we are kind of solicited to to pay attention to Nancy Pelosi 
And unlike a lot of people I know who couldn't stop beating up Nancy Pelosi, I liked her this week. And and uh, and what she do? She did nothing but carry a message that America's with you. And I fear very greatly that she's phoning and that, that she's not the only phony. I mean, I tell any any friends I get a chance to talk to in Taiwan who ask me about this leader or that leader, you can't trust any of them. Two things. Did Pelosi do this largely to get uh, the news off her husband who has difficulties right now? Uh, that's the question that I have out there. So is that the real reason that she was willing to do this? What news on her husband? I mean, I, I'm kind of a news junkie. And there's a little, there's a little, if you watch Fox, especially, there's, there's more, there's a lot more. I saw it somewhere else. It's basically just about all the information about his drunk driving accident. There's, there doesn't seem to, the Washington Post isn't writing any extra column inches on it. And, um, but it's in court. I mean, we're we're learning things. Oh, it is. It's in court. And, and it turned out at first it was like a DWI or DUI or however different states say it. And, and then it turns out there was a crash. There was somebody hurt. It's it's like badly hurt. Okay, why is that news not out there? Why is and and I'm going to submit. I, I I haven't done a deep study on it, but I have been alive the last couple of years, and um, the media doesn't care. They don't care to investigate people. They want you to vote for no matter what. And and it does make sense. It's a waste of their time because their goal is to get you to vote the right way. So there's no there's, there's no upside to them in covering that story. The second thing is, didn't the whole story kind of fizzle because China didn't do anything, right? They just let it happen. I mean, there was no war. <laughs> no, there was no war. But but the, the the drills and stuff that they're doing around Taiwan, it's the equivalent. And and of course, again, you have to look. What terrible provocative action did the U.S. take? The woman who happens to be our House Speaker flew over there, met with the president, talked to different people. You know, the the thing is, we like them. (laughs) You know, this isn't like diplomatic. These are nice people who who like democracy and freedom and have the same values and stuff. It's... it's, uh, so so that's the provocative thing we did. And then what they did were was to fire missiles into waters close to Taiwan to have their ships and planes and other things around there to do the same thing in Japanese waters because you know the the, the Japanese islands come very, very close to Taiwan, closer in fact than China's. I think we mentioned last week. This is a uh, and 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 of course, you could say, "Well, it's just Taiwan." Uh, what about the South China Sea, where China's basically claiming the entire sea? This ocean's ours, and and uh, you know, it's so it's it's not. If you look at it, it's not. Oh, there was this one problem. It's Tibet, <laughs> you know, Xinjiang, Falun Gong, Hong Kong. It's the South China Sea and what they've done to the Philippines and Vietnam and, you know, and, and it's threats constantly against Taiwan. And of course it's the, their relationship with Japan is not a good one. And of course, some of that's historically Japan's fault, but I don't think, I don't think a lot of it currently is Japan's fault. 
and it, and Japan's not shooting missiles and they're close to the to the coast of of China. So anyway, we we have to recognize reality, and reality is we have a a very malignant force in in Asia, and we're there, and we're, we'd be foolish not to realize that we have been warned. If if we're going to stay, we're going to stay with friends, and we might want to kind of all buck up and 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 present a united front. Well, that's one piece that you wrote last week. Yes, and and we're gonna. I think we should spend twice that time on on every other one. But <laughs> the the truth is, the other ones are not about this particular uh, issue, of course, but they are about a country that needs to needs to get its crap together. I mean, it's like it's. It, I hate to be kind of the old fogey in the room, the you know, the the dad figure or something. But you know, wimpiness is not that great a, a character attribute. And and it seems like on all kinds of things. And and I guess what, what I mean by that is um I, I'm thinking of uh, I guess it was Tuesday, so we're in order here. Vandalize, scandalize. This is how ridiculous our country is, at least in San Francisco. And that is that um, they can't stop graffiti from defacing a business, but then the city is really efficient in coming in and fining the business for not taking care of the graffiti. I mean, I guess they could say, hey, we didn't let them burn down your store. I mean, what else? You know, but of course, if they wanted to, they probably would have let them. Uh, this sort of, and again, it's like, am I the, I'm Mr. Police, you know, Mr. Law and Order. I've never kind of felt like that person. But apparently, if everyone rushes to the left of you, you're to the right of them. And, but it's like, how does this even make sense? If you're, you're paid to be a bum and defecate on the streets. You can steal anything you want up to like $900 and just, just knock people out of your way as you're, you know, running out the door with it. And, but if you're a business and someone commits a crime against you, you're going to be fined if you don't clean up that crime really quickly. Well, this is an example of anarcho tyranny. Uh, you didn't yes. mention that in your piece, but it is a it's a it's that great term by Sam Francis, that problematic figure, but it's a great term, and it's the policy wherein a state or a government or a political party coddles the criminals and allows them to run roughshod over peaceful people, and then the state itself sort of sides with the criminals, or at least then loms onto and regulates or overregulates, or in this case, bizarre case. You're right; it's yes. it's, a, it's an amazing case sort of blames the businesses for the criminals. So it's it really is the state and the criminal class working together to extract as much wealth yes. and, weirdly, loyalty out of the peaceful folk. It's the yes. exact opposite of what you want in a state. However, it is what anarchists always said states were. You know, the, you know those radical anarchists, yes. all their friends, always yes. said that states are just a criminal organization who behave, you know, politely and have a little schedule and do that. But they said it's just violence. 
And that's what this seems to be, is that the state is running roughshod over people with property and who behave nicely and siding with people who steal and yes. behave badly and destroy yeah. property. Yes. It, it's a, it's, and I think that this is a thing that should really get people upset. And it is a thing that the left likes more than anything else, and they won't fess up to it. This is, this is, I think, the, the issue that everybody who is against the left needs to be very, to try to stick to the left. That's the charge we have to make against it, is that they are on the side of crime because it's good for government. And that's... Yes. And here, and, and I'm at least not, you, you can if you want, but I'm not suggesting every, every Democrat official in the country is in love with crime and wants it to continue and so on. But here is actions which speak a lot louder than politicians' words that sure line up 100% with not only could we capitalize on monetize the crime that we're allowing to run rampant, but we are monetizing it. And we're not even doing it in a friendly way and understanding, could we make a payment plan? We hate that you've gotten the, I mean, this is, it is when you treat law-abiding businesses badly and and treat crime with, you know, kid gloves, it's, ah, uh, what does it say? Not anything good. And and uh, we'll, we can flip right on to receding from the facts, which invites you to come to thisiscommonsense.org and read that. It, it's, it's Biden. It's the administration. It's the media falling all over itself. What's a recession? We don't know. We don't know what women are. We don't want, know what men are. We don't know what recessions are. We don't know anything, but that you better clean up that vandalism that we just allowed someone to spray all over your, uh, you know, front door at your business. You have two other pieces this week. You could look it up and Trudovian tyranny. Well, we, we have to, we have to save, uh, you can look it up to the end because it's a, it's a more positive note and we'll land on a positive note. And actually I want to, I want to mention another positive note after that, but um but the other one, Trudovian, uh, I didn't, I didn't butcher that too badly. Uh, tyranny is is kind of you know more bankruptcy, more just obvious in your face bankruptcy of government. Well, it's not just bankruptcy; it's lying to you, and then you find out that it's bankrupt. And this is Canada, and the same things happened in the U.S. Basically giving a bunch of lip service to following the science and doing what they damn well please and then rushing around with their heads chopped off. Not really, because, of course, there's no media watchdog that's going to do anything but pray at their temple. And and so they're there. We got to find some rationale. Well, in Canada, in the U.S., they make it up. And and about life and death, life and death, and and geez, if they're wrong, they're the experts. So you don't you don't mind your loved ones dying, do you? The experts were wrong, can't win them all. Oh, and they lied to you the whole time. 
I mean, this is uh, this is it's the sort of thing where if you were to have some conspiracy theories about this, you might go on and on about what you think these guys are up to. And then you read in your newspaper six months, a year, year and a half later, and find out, well, here's confirmation that I I couldn't I couldn't even dream it this badly. Boy, it's amazing how many stories are buried by the media they don't follow up on. I just came across another one today uh, about uh, uh, the increase in uh, cardiac problems in Britain following closely on their big vaccine and it's uh everybody's not affected it's just a, a small part of the population but the number of bad cardiac events happened after the surge of vaccines and it's very clear it was a university of liverpool study the causation even seems clear because the the number of cardiac events reported cardiac events went down during covid because People were making appointments. They were, you know, having complaints. They were kept away from the doctors. And then right. when they were allowed back in the, after after the uh, vaccines, they were allowed back in. Whoop, up they go. And then they just collapsed after the uh, vaccination campaign let up. I think there are people who believe that when there's some event like this, that government has to take charge and 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 a lot of us could buy into that in some you know some normal semblance of that term but take charge in the you know uh, free speech is great and everything but we have to be careful when it's about medical stuff where people could die and and like jump off the free speech train and we've said numerous times here there's a lot on out there on the internets uh, that that speak to this, but you're talking about making small mistakes, gigantic mistakes. You're talking about creating a, a, a I mean, just a nightmare, a nightmare of dystopian medical tyranny. It's it's uh, it really is um, just so scary the way that not a few people. Our society at organized governmental levels, the police, the hospitals, the our, our society is not quite, it, it behaved during this pandemic as a much more top-down, collectivized, command economy type place than then I would I would like to have to realize <laughs> I don't know how to put that I don't like that very much. So what's the good news? The good news is that IJ Institute for Justice, which uh, the courts are one of the few functioning uh, parts of the of the government in any way, and and the Institute for Justice I think has done tremendous work. Uh, on all kinds of issues. But here, they have now this website and go to, uh, uh, you could you could look it up and you can look it up. Uh, excuse me, it was it was today's uh, piece and uh, and it it basically gives people an opportunity to say, here's here's 
kind of what happened to me. Here's the situation and get all kinds of precedent setting cases that are related. And for people who get involved in these things, um, they become kind of mini lawyers. And uh, and it, well, if they're successful, because they're going to have to know what's going on. And um, and so it's a it's a wonderful tool and something that that will get real use by people who need it. So it, it's kind of exciting. And the other bit of excitement is and I, I wonder because, you know, you didn't you, you didn't think about it. You didn't talk about it. But I want to talk about Nichelle Nichols. Uh, and I didn't say that wrong. It's not Michelle. It's Nichelle, N-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, and um, who passed away this week, last week, uh, but who was on Star Trek and was one of the first black women on, you know, a major primetime television show in the United States of America. And um, let me, before I'm, I'm mention this, uh, not to belabor it, let me read you what she had to say. And she's talking about Gene Roddenberry, who basically was the you know creator of Star Trek and so on. And she says, Gene's whole vision was that minorities weren't on set because we were minorities. We were on set because in the future, our diverse world would all be working together as equals. I understand that everyone needs to see role models that can inspire them and talk to them and represent them. But I believe we need to move to a future that transcends race, gender, or anything else. We're all people. And um, I like that statement. And I I like the fact everybody knew, I was a kid, you know, I did, I, Sure, when that show, I was 10 or 12 or 8 or something. Who knows what, what age I was. I don't, I don't know whether that was early 70s, mid-70s, late 60s. But um, but they didn't make a big race thing out of it. It wasn't, it was, it was like they used to say, you know, don't go crazy in the end zone if you score a touchdown. Act like you've been there before. And, and there was... I never heard anybody complain about it. I'm sure I'm sure people did. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying I didn't hear it. And it just was um she was great on that show. I I you know, she's a cute lady and uh and of course they had one of the first scenes that you know there she was going to have an affair with Captain Kirk and so on and and uh anyway, it 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 was a show that it wasn't about her being black and they may have chosen that to show a diverse future or whatever but she was good and um and that's the thing i think that sometimes maybe people can forget a lot of times when people reach some level and and there could be race involved like like for the supreme court or that they're a woman but that these people don't get in that, you know, nobody falls down on top of a mountain. You don't get to the top of the mountain without doing some climbing. And and so, you know, we have to recognize that these people are good at what they do. And and I think you undercut that in a lot of ways when you make it all about this is 
the first woman or the or the second or the third woman or the or the you know this is our third Hispanic Supreme Court justice or you know whatever whatever the uh, the barrier is. And we should mention that the reason you're talking about this is this was a thought of the day sometime during the week. Yes. Every day there's a thought of the day, which is basically an image with you know words on it. <laughs> there you are, and that was the image we had. Nichelle Nichols and her thought was just her commentary about Gene Roddenberry. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. That's that's what uh, Paul Harvey used to say was the rest of the story, or maybe just the setup. I don't know <laughs> the setup at the end. It's not very. Yes, that's right. Anyway. We had our we had our ice cream, and then we uh, then we had the meal. Well. We're done. All right. I've got a big weekend planned. Oh, do you? Um, Be hot. Play some tennis. Oh, very good. Well, have fun. Those are things I like, yes. I, I, I'm going to try to wash the car. It'll be exciting. Mm-hmm.